Welcome to part two of a look at the Hakes catalog for Auction 233. In the first part, I explore the Star Wars section of the fall edition of the Pop Culture Catalog for the first time. I did so with Matt George, ardent Star Wars collector, co-author of the essential Kenner book Engineering an Empire, and a wonderful, thoughtful, and funny friend. Three things about Matt. He is a Texan and a die-hard Longhorns college football fan. Among Matt's jaw-dropping Star Wars collection is his focus of Obi-Wan Kenobi memorabilia. And in a list of the best chocolate bars, Matt puts Fast Break at the very top. In the previous episode, Matt and I discussed the items within the first part of the auction, the toys and collectibles associated with the first Star Wars film, which was released in 1977. The section consisted of 12 back action figures, sealed box vehicles, carded Boba Fetts, and rare prototypes. This is a continuation of that conversation as we dive into the offerings for The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Power of the Force, Droids and Ewoks, and any other Star Wars-related gems Hakes has in store for bidders around the world. This is the beginning of the bidding wars for all things Star Wars. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. George, welcome back for part two of the Hakes catalog, uh, number 233. Um, so what did you think of, uh, of the first part of the catalog? Had a, I guess maybe a comparative lack of prototypes because I kind of stuck out and more towards kind of higher end production items, which is pretty cool to see just kind of for a change of pace. But um, Boba Fett definitely... It has some fair representation, just not necessarily in prototype form. Mm, yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you think so far, not having a, a rocket fet um, or a vinyl carded Jawa in this uh, hurts the auction at all, or do you think it actually? Uh, do you think it hurts it, or do you think it it maybe changes it up a little for the better? Um, I don't think it it hurts it. I mean, uh, it 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 might hurt kind of the marketing after the fact. Just there's no, you know, I don't see a six figure item in here so far to kind of get the headlines to drum up some interest for the hobby and for for toy auctions in general here. But um, I, I think you know people are still going to be bidding. I don't think that you know not having one of those six figure items. Uh, I think folks that kind of bid on those are 
kind of separate from kind of what what we have here. So I, I don't think it's sure. going to detract people from wanting to come here and and uh, and bid. Okay, I thought about it earlier today, and I I kind of felt like it gave the catalog and the offerings within the catalog kind of a uh, a fresh change of pace. And I think it actually works for the better so that when one does come in, um, I think there'll be more excitement around it, you know, in future catalogs, uh, cause there will be more. Yeah, for sure. And I look forward to previewing those too. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I, so I wrote down a few casual observations that I had, um, just from this. And, uh, one of them was that um, the vast majority of items, minus a few customs, are all AFA graded. So AFA seems to be uh, the consistent theme throughout carded and boxed Star Wars collectibles. Yeah, there's a couple CS pieces, but you know, by I'd say ninety percent up are AFA graded. Looks like a lot of the the CAS stuff is some some of the prototypes, like this Snaggletooth, but. Yeah, uh, overwhelming majority here, AFA, mm-hmm. which, you know, isn't surprising. I mean, they've been around significantly longer and, um, no, but yeah, you, yeah, you are right. Another, another thing that, uh, another casual observation that I had was, um, that at least for this first part, every single figure for the first 21 action figures were represented in some form, uh, carded which was nice. And there were, you know, some, some of them had multiple variants uh, that we discussed in the, in the last episode. Um, but it's nice to see that thorough of a, of a collection. Yeah. It almost seems to me like this is, you know, you know, one guy might've had his whole run up here and put it in, in a single auction kind of deal. Just it's, it's that complete. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you are right. Like I see is every character represented. Every one of the first 21 uh, are, yeah. are on card, um, unless my counting is off, but I believe <laughs> I did it twice, just to make sure. Very cool. And then, um, but as, as thorough as the carded figures are, um, I went through just to see how many boxed items there are. And I know finding a sealed boxed item is can be a lot more difficult than the, the carded figures. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think I would have liked to have seen more uh, like a like a do back, um, I, I think even something like having a sealed Death Star and they they exist throughout there um, that would have made uh, this part of the catalog uh, even more impressive. So, yeah, it's still cool to see a sealed Falcon. There's not too many of those around. Um, that was definitely the highlight of the vehicle section. Um, you know, the Vader Tie Fighter was pretty cool, graded seventy five. Those are tough to find in that kind of shape. So. Uh, yeah, a lot of variety here. I, I could see it attracting a, a large number of different bidders. Yeah, I I really like the the collection and and what they've offered over the course of you know these first eighteen or so pages. Um, it was it was I think a perfect balance of enough variants that were different and were exciting for the different carded figures, um, but it wasn't too overwhelming. Um, and and I think you know each piece has some significance to it, um, and it just you know it, it's a, it was a great balance of having items like that, having some diecast pieces, some boxed vehicles, uh, and then some of the other you know, some prototypes and stuff all around it. So 
Um, so, so far, you know, I think we're looking at a pretty solid catalog. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of good variety of stuff. Okay. Well, having said that, uh, shall we dive into the second half of it, starting with The Empire Strikes Back? This is the sequel to the first episode we did, so it's only fitting we roll right into Empire here. You're not going to tell me you're my father at some point in this, right? Spoiler. There's no, no big twist. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess. Spo- spoiler I guess. warning. <laughs> All right. So we are on page 306 now. And really, what a way to kick off the Empire Strikes Back section. Um, we are looking at... This is the Luke Skywalker and Hoth Battle Gear first shot. Uh, it is unpainted and it is graded at an 85 plus. Uh, so the the limbs and the head are kind of a, a, a whitish beige. And then the torso is a uh, almost like a, a matte brown color, a light brown color. Yeah, this is as far as first shots go from Empire, I would say this is likely the most common um, for whatever reason, you know, quite a few of these have turned up over the last couple of years and, um, it's a cool looking figure. I, you know, this, uh, that nice big spread here on this one takes it up, taking up the full page first shot, you know, non-production colors. There's going to be, you know, some interest in this one, uh, kind of despite the maybe lack of rarity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Was the original sculptor, is that Stephen Geddes? I know that he sculpted a lot of this pose. I'm fairly certain he sculpted this figure. I'm 99% sure that it was him. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of my favorite figures from the Empire Strikes Back line. Um, and on, on top of it, too, I mean, when it comes to first shots, um, we often see a lot of them that that look like their production counterparts and this one clearly doesn't it, it stands out um there are a few out there but it is absolutely beautiful and, and i think it it deserves to have a full page by itself like this yeah we can debate whether or not you know production color first shots or prototypes or not if they just kind of spill over into pre-production you know they're not necessarily um fit the full definition of a prototype, but this piece definitely does because it's not in you know, that final production color scheme and it just looks like a prototype. You know, so someone mm-hmm. that's seen a, a million production <laughs> painted, you know, Luke Hoth, this one definitely sticks out. So even kind of the person that, you know, might be over at a, a person's house that has this in their collection, they're looking at it, they immediately are drawn to it. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just this piece has a lot going for it here. Got the weapon too. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really nice. And the the estimate on it right now is ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars. If you were to guess of where this would go, uh, do you think it's going to go toward the low end or toward the top end of it? Uh, the low end. I I don't know if it will hit the low end of that estimate. To be honest, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it going for maybe something like seven or eight thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, in my opinion, if it hit five, it would be uh, if it hit that opening bid there. It would, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be sh- surprised if it didn't go over that. Okay, wow, this will be really exciting then to see. Um, 
On page 307, uh, we have another first shot. Uh, this one is a painted first shot, and it is, um, it's of the Bespin Guard. Um, and this one is noted on the AFA uh, grading label. Uh, it's graded as 75, and it, it is, the figure has light brown skin. Um, which I guess is different than um, the normal figure that has a darker brown skin. Yeah, as far as first shots go of Empire, they're, I'd say, fairly scarcer than um, A New Hope first shots, for whatever reason. Um, but it's in terms of Empire first shots... Uh, this one's a little bit uh, on the more common side of the scale, along with the the Luke Hoth. So I don't know the you know there's a fair number of Adat commanders that have turned up over the years, mm-hmm. both production colors and non-production colors. So uh, you know, Tie Fighter pilots, uh, you know, fair fair number of those have turned up. So that kind of 45 back release, the, those have been in much bigger supply than the 31. Uh, you know, the 41, uh, for whatever reason. And when you've seen, uh, the Bespin security guards in the past, do most of these first shots have light brown skin or have you seen different variations? Yeah, I've seen uh, many more examples of the light brown. Um, I, I think the only dark I've, uh, true dark one that I've seen, uh, is just one or two. So, um, I've seen probably a half dozen of these. Okay. And, and this one is really nice. I mean, the paint around the cuffs and, um, you know, even on the face is really nice. Uh, I think it received a 75 because it looks like the torso has discolored, um, which does happen with certain figures. Yeah. And, you know, we can debate whether or not a grade means anything, um, for a, an item like this, that's you know, truly scarce. Um, I guess in this case where there's you know, multiple examples and, you know, you want the best one, you might, you know, get the 75 and just an attempt to kind of trade up to get, you know, the 85 or whatever the, the, the best condition one is. But I don't know. I've, I've never really paid too much attention to grades, especially on, uh, on first shots and, and uh, other pre-production stuff. I agree. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, picking up a, a, a prototype in some form uh, for most of us, we'll take what we can get, um, you know, and just having one at the grade doesn't really matter, but just to give people an idea of what we're looking at, um, you know, the reason for this figure being graded as 75 is, seems to be a discoloration of the, uh, of the torso. You know, it looks like we got a first shot probot here next to it. On page 307, lot 2249. Uh, it's kind of cool, again, non-production colors. Uh, it looks really cool cased up like that. That's a tough figure to display without any kind of acrylic help. Um, so, you know, I, another, you know, we just talked about why would you grade a prototype. Um, here's one where it's a good kind of um, – reason to grade it because it just you know obviously helps with the display there and this one graded really well here at a 90 yeah and the fact that it was shot in beige plastic too i mean really helps it to stand out from your typical production version um this is this is a gorgeous piece the um the estimate is pretty hefty on it too it's it's between five and ten thousand dollars yeah i could see that 
you don't see these pop up too often and mm-hmm. you know it displays really well folks that are putting together first shot runs again this one doesn't pop up too much so good opportunity to pick one up plus it's just you know a really cool looking toy it just it really on is the shelf. it's one of the better designs from the trilogy I have to say, I like it more in the beige plastic than I do in the standard gray. I mean, there's just something that really makes it stand out as something special. So, this could be the Probot's wife. It's like a, hus- <laughs> it's like a husband wife team. Um, okay, so now uh, there are three other carded figures on this page, on page 307. And it is uh, in, in Empire Strikes Back, 21 back Luke X Wing pilot, graded at an 80. Uh, another 21 back, it's a Chewbacca, graded out of 75. And then we have another big piece, uh, the Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett, uh, 21 back G, graded at a CAS 75 plus. Yeah, that's nice. I'm trying to, it looks like the card on the Fett is the reason for the 75, but man, it looks like a stunner. Really clear bubble, gun taped to the bubble. Looks like it's secure pretty well there. Um, the only draw potential drawback is the, the price sticker there, but some folks like price stickers. Um, well, this is a really clean example. I love that 21 back too, with that secret action figure. Um, cool looking piece. That's going to go for quite a bit, I think. Yeah. And the 21 backs have always been popular. Um, I don't know if this is, you know, perceived or, or, or true, but, uh, there does seem to be a sense of rarity among the the early twenty one backs. Um, they do have that that free sp- uh, secret Star Wars action figure sunburst design um, on the on the on the front of the card, and um, yeah, there's just there, there's something I don't know. There's something special about these. I've always tried to um, to pick them up when I've been able to find them, uh, but this Fet really, I mean. I have to say too, the Chewbacca and the Luke X-Wing are beautiful. The bubbles are clear on both of them. Uh, they seem to probably have come from the same place. They're both unpunched and they seem to have the same price sticker on the top right. Um, but gosh, this Boba Fett is is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, what we were talking about in the previous episode with the, the guns you know, usually breaking away from the tape, um, mm-hmm. this one is still taped in and, and the figure looks fantastic. The paint on it, it's a Hong Kong, I believe. And, uh, the paint is gorgeous on it. Yeah. It got an 85 figure grade, 85 bubble grade, just a stunner. Mm. Okay. Moving on to page 308. We are now into the 21 backs and 31 backs for, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. I've noticed that a lot of, a lot of these, like, Similar price stickers are on these figures. This kind of yellow with some blue or black writing. Do you see that? Yeah, the Luke, they the almost seem X-wing. to be. Yeah, I wonder if they were part of like an original find. Like some person bought them at the same store and just kept them all those years. Yeah, I'd agree. They do look like Child World price tags, but you know, it's it is really hard to see them. Um, is there anything yeah. on this page that stands out to you? I really dig that Leia 31B back. I like the B so much better than the A. That's a real that's a figure that's gone crazy. Like this this Empire 31 back range, kind of the high end of that range, those figures have really taken off in value. You know, they're almost up there with with you know the first movie at this point. Um 
I've seen some clear bubble 31A unpunched, you know, high, high triple digits. Um, it's it's just interesting to see that, that, you know, those are starting to kind of be up there with the original film. I've always loved the 31 backs, and I actually, I don't know why, but I started collecting them uh, pretty early into my return to collecting. Um, the the Han Solo, uh, the Leia Bespin, and the Hoth Snowtrooper, and, and now I'd say even even the um, well, yeah, the Lando and the Rebel Soldier too. So these five that are all together on on page three hundred eight, they are some of the more popular carded figures right now. And you're right; I mean, the prices for for Leia, even ungraded, um, I think have hit you know close to that kind of seven hundred to a thousand dollar range. Um, the Han Hoth has always been um, a, a desirable one, and the Hoth uh, Snowtrooper has always been, you know, a high-priced one. Where we're seeing the Lando and the Rebel Soldier come up in price, especially over the past year. Um, but yeah, these are all beautiful pieces. Absolutely, I think the uh, the IG eighty eight is another one that's gone up quite a bit. Um, so it looks like there's one on the next page here, two two six two lot number. It's got a yellow bubble, AFA 80 plus. Uh, but that's a figure that has just shot up, obviously, with IG-11 on Mandalorian. I'm sure that has something to do with with the rise in value there. But it's a really cool-looking card back, too. Just uh, I wouldn't be shocked, even though it's got the yellow bubble, if you know that beats its estimate. And again, and we're right. seeing more of the, the, yeah, more of the kind of that, that child world price tags here too on, on those top three of the top four yes the han solo hop has it the leia bespin has it now the leia bespin is a 32 back and it is it is one of those um early empire strikes back ones that has a different photo from the 31b uh the leia bespin in the 31b has a closer shot where she's um it, it's almost like a side shot where she's looking at the camera and then um, the uh, the thirty two back it has uh, a a bluer background and it has her um, facing the camera more. Um, they're both beautiful pictures. I mean, gosh, Carrie Fisher just she's gorgeous. Yeah, I I just love the thirty one back it's so much better than the thirty two. She's got that mischievous like side smile, you know, s <laughs> eating yeah. grin or something like she's. I just I just that that's very Princess Leia to me. And yeah, the other absolutely. one's just kind of. I don't know. It doesn't seem as much like the character. I know what you mean. Uh, both are nice. It, it, I think it's really nice that we have these variations. Um, so on page 309 now, we are looking at a bunch of 32As and 32Bs. Uh, so we have similar ones. Uh, we have the Han Hoth, the Leia Bespin, the Hoth Snowtrooper. You're right about the IG-88. Um, I started to notice that the the figure the carded figure started to to rise in price in 2019 so right around the time that i think the the first trailer for the mandalorian came out uh as you said where we saw ig11 and um and that's one that that really hasn't dipped it's it's only you know continued to go up and up and they are very hard to find especially in good condition yeah for sure i, I love 32 backs i'll I, i'll Still a little bit of time here. My ultimate grail is a 32-back R2-D2 with a TGNY sticker. If anyone has one of those, hit me up. That was the first figure I ever bought as a kid. 
And uh, I've never been able to find one. I got it at TGNY, and that's where I got all my figures growing up. So, what is TGNY? It's a, I don't know, old drugstore, kind of a an Eckerd's. Um, I don't know. They had a little bit of everything, but it was right down the street from my grandmother's house. Every time I go see her, we'd go down there and pick up a couple figures. So. Um, they're red. The teaching white price stickers are red, real small rectangular price stickers. Oh, I feel like I've seen them before. Okay. And what you're looking for is a 32 back IG 88 R2D2 R2D2. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Hey, if anyone out there is listening and finds one, please contact Matt George. That would be really special. Very, very nice. Absolutely. All right. I digress back to the action here. Okay, so still on 309, and we now have, God, three gorgeous pieces. Um, all three are 41 back A's, so that is the survival kit offer. Uh, it's a similar sunburst to the um, to the 21 back, uh, but all these are unpunched. So it's a 41 A back, Luke Skywalker graded at an 85, a 41 back A, Luke X-Wing pilot graded at an 80, and then a red hair... 41A back, Leia Organa in the Hoth outfit, uh, graded at a 60. Wow, love Irish Leia there. <laughs> a beautiful uh, lass. Yeah, all these 41As, unpunched, um, you know, look really nice. Just really nice bubbles. Um, yeah, those are gorgeous. I love the 41. I love all the offers. They're great. I do too. Yeah, you could make a nice display with them, with the kind of the the mail-in offer in the middle around, you know, with the figures around, the, around that, the display and, you know, you got them for all the films. So it's, I, I, I just like the way that, that those kind of present. Mm. And these all look to be from the same collection. Um, like we've seen with the, um, the 31 backs and the 21 backs too. Um, they, they, or at least they look like they were pulled from the same case, but they are, they're all gorgeous. Even the, the Leia, um, it is graded as 60. I think that has to do with the bubble, but from the image that we have, you know, it seems like uh, this one displays beautifully. It, it's, it looks like there's a crack on the bottom. They included an extra picture. Um, but that's something that, you know, especially if you display it, you'll never see it. So if you're looking for an 85 quality um, Leia Hoth with the red hair, unpunched, no stickers, um, and you don't want to pay the 85 price for it, you know, picking up the 60, I think is, is a really good way to go. Yeah, for sure. It displays so well. However, if you are looking for a 41 a back with red hair, a graded a little higher, say at an 80, uh, on the next page on 310, um, there is one graded at an 80. It is punched, uh, but it, man, it is gorgeous, clear bubble, really a beauty. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot, you know, Han Beston's probably my favorite figure. And here's two of them. Here we got a 41A graded 80 uh, with a yellow and then 80 without yellow. So both are unpunched. I'm, I just love that figure. That's why I probably played with the most as a kid. Why was it your favorite? Well, part of it was, uh, you know, he could be Indiana Jones too. In addition to Han Solo, <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, and uh, that was probably it. It was he just seemed like a I don't know rugged, adventurous figure to me. 
They did a really nice job on the sculpt too. I've always liked this one. Yeah. Um, okay, and we're also looking at some other 41A backs. We have a C-3PO at an 80+, plus, a 2-1B at an 80+, plus, a Rebel Commander at an 80+, plus, and then a Lobot uh, at an 80. Um, and at the very top, there is a 41A Yoda as well, and, and that one is graded at a 70. Mm. Uh, is there anything here that catches your attention? Uh, no, not not too much. I, I, 2-1B is... a Sneaky, hard to find on a good card. Uh, I've, I've always kind of paid attention to those prices, and uh, they're just kind of on the up swing too. And they've always mm-hmm. been a little bit higher than than your average ESB mock. But um, once you get kind of out of the thirty ones, but uh, that, that one's really nice, unpunched, eighty five bubble, eighty five figure. You know, good card, nice clean look. Uh, again, on punch. That that's the one that you know I might actually make a play on this one. The one that I have is ungraded, um, and it's not that great a shape. So I could upgrade here. I got a very nice. Down. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it really looks like an eighty-five. Um, Matt, I would put this one in a similar category as the IG eighty-eight and the Boba Fett, uh, where they always seem to have something going on inside the bubble. Um, with this one, usually the mask uh, is, has detached from the face, or the staff that he comes with has, you know, fallen from either his hand or from uh, the, the tape that that connects it to the bubble. So, yeah. And here's our Lobot. There's Lobot. Everyone, oh, we'll wait to see if he's got a Return of the Jedi counterpart down there. <laughs> now, I'll take- be honest. I I've been looking for. Uh, for a 41A graded at an 85, um, kind of a grade snob. Uh, I do like my 85s, um, so I am in the market for one, but uh, I I don't know if I'll be going for any of these right now. Yeah. Well, um, the Cliff Clavin's pretty nice there. Again, 41A. I just love the way those look. They did a good mm-hmm. job shooting this page. It really, it really pops. You get the the rebels here on this one page. Um, but the old Cliff Clavin figure, it, it's been my experience. He's been tougher to find in good condition. Um, here's one again, another 80, 85, 85. So an overall 80 plus, man, that's a nice one. Uh, the one I have is, is a 75 and I need to upgrade it. So I might have to bid on this one too. And the 41 A's seem to be really difficult to find. Um, you know, I think we tend to see a lot of the C's and the E's. Uh, which are the offerless ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, you're right. That is a gorgeous one, and and again, um, even the, the grades an eighty plus, but it really does look like an eighty five. So yeah, next page here we go. Boba Fett, forty one A, seventy. So it looks like card seventy five, bubble seventy, figure eighty. I don't know. Is the yeah. bubble smashed a little bit? It right? does. You can see yeah. it looks like it's crumpled up at the top. Sure. But yeah. um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to hurt the price too much. No, this is, again, these, these Fed items in this auction are going to be the big winners. Mm. I, I've been on the hunt for, uh, so I collect 41 ABACs, and I've been on the hunt for a, an 85 Dengar. Uh, this one comes so close. It is unpunched. Uh, it's an 80 plus 
no price tags. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's one that that I actually might go for uh, just to add to the, the collection. It's a beauty. Very cool. Well, we got Dinger. Dinger's tough to find in good shape just because it's a you know, larger bubble. There's a greater chance it'll get dinged. Um, I've always you know found Dinger has uh, more of the kind of wave uh, waved card back due to the the bigger bubble too. So and the weight, one, yeah, yeah, this one looks pretty nice here. We got an eighty plus. Was it an eighty-five and a ninety subgrade? Is it a ninety? No, so. it's an eighty-five for the card, an eighty for the bubble, and an eighty for the figure. Okay. Uh, Dengar is one of the toughest figures to find uh, in in an eighty-five condition on a card. For some reason, the the limbs and the body tend to discolor. Um, so you know, and and also being in the bubble like that, they do tend to jostle around. Um, the weapon will, I believe, come loose from the tape as well, too. So there are all these challenges in finding, you know, a heavier figure like that on on a you know a mint card and a nice bubble and, and a, a solid figure. So yeah, an eighty plus is a nice one. Yeah, for sure. And I wouldn't be shocked if we saw old Dinger rear his head again in one of these uh, Disney shows. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't brought him back yet. Although they did bring him back in the Clone Wars in the in the cartoon in the in the series, um, so you never know. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him in something like The Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm calling my shots now. He's going to be in one of these shows. <laughs> okay, I like it. Um, I have a feeling they're going to bring back Boba Fett too. Just that's my guess. Uh, going along with some some more figures toward the bottom of this page. This is page three eleven. We have a forty one A Hammerhead. A uh, 41 back E ADAT driver or ATAT driver, whatever you prefer. A 47 back R2D2 with sensor scope, graded at an 80 and a clear bubble. And then a 47 back Bespin guard with a yellow bubble, graded at an 80. Yeah, thank God they put this one in the auction. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about your show start. We could spend a whole episode on this, just this one figure here. <laughs> well, now, okay, we, we didn't get the yellow bubble Lobot. Uh, instead, we got a really nice one, 41A back. But um, yeah, it, I, again, though, too, it is tough. A lot of people overlook both uh, Bespin guards, but honestly, it's tough to find one in good condition. Um, and especially, so uh, the Bespin guards would have the gold paint around uh, mm-hmm. their jacket. And a lot of times that that gold paint, for some reason, it just it degrades and it, it really disappears off of the figure. Um which can affect you know the, the the grade substantially, and then also, um, you know, you have issues with the card and with the bubble. This one is a forty-seven back, and the bubble is yellow. Um, but again, these are slowly people are starting to catch on. They're slowly raise, rising in price, so you never know. I mean, this could go for six thousand, seven thousand, or yeah, or maybe two hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. you never know. I mean, yeah. it is like they are they are starting to rise in price. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I, I will not be. I'm on the hunt for both the of them. All right. Okay. <laughs> you want cl- clear bubble or yellow? Are you holding out for the clear? I want the clear bubble, and I'd like uh, the the um, the debut card. So okay. we'll see. Um, I think the Adat driver, the 41 back E Adat driver, and the 47 back R2D2 with sensor scope. I mean, I think those are great. You know. Um, Unless you call it the ATAT driver, that's fine too, whichever way. But uh, I don't that say figure, I, I don't call them TIE fighters, so I have to be consistent. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that at drivers then. Um, 
it's a fantastic figure. I think it's one of the best sculpts uh, to come out of the Empire Strikes Back. The card back is fantastic. You know, it has a picture of the AT-AT driver against a, a black background. It really stands out with that yellow uh, um, a pill and uh, where the name is, and then uh, the the the, same, the matching color behind the figure. And I just I, I've I've become more and more attached to the colors on the. 47 back or just the uh, the r2d2 with sensor scope mm-hmm. so yeah it's a cool figure and I, I always thought the adat driver it looked like his like picture that's on his license his like adat driving license he just looks like he's standing there <laughs> just like at the dmv <laughs> just like right, we're in this, prison right it's right before my they tell him to turn yeah. <laughs> i will never look at that card back the same way again yeah yeah, it's it's a cool fit. I love that card back. It's it's really cool. It is. It's really nice. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. I I, I peeked at page three twelve just now, really hoping to find uh, a few forty eight a backs. Uh, those are some mm. of my personal favorites, and we didn't get that. Um, mm. Instead, we went to what looks like the forty eight b for Zuckus, graded at an eighty, and then. One of my all-time favorite Empire Strikes Back uh, carded figures, the, as you said, the TIE pilot, the TIE fighter pilot. Uh, this one is a 48C, and it's graded at an 80. It's probably the most common uh, TIE fighter pilot for the Empire Strikes Back line, the the 48C, but um, this one is a clear bubble. It's graded straight 80s, and it it's unpunched. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, one of the – is is this the – one of the, what, handful of – of characters that debuted on a card back that's inconsistent uh, with where he appeared in the film for the first time or the, the saga for the first time. So this is, uh, obviously he, him and Imperial commander. Uh, it's kind of cool to see them get characters from earlier, the earlier film into toy form here. And, and I like the card back. Like a lot of people say, well, he's not even pictured on the card back. I, I love that out of that tie fighter flying uh chasing the falcon that's just too cool yeah and the arrangement of the, where the falcon is too on the card it, it does look nice so yeah it is it's a, it's a nice piece um i almost wish that they did something similar to the adat driver you know where it's sort of that that driver's license photo uh, just because the helmet is so iconic and beautiful yeah but if you you know if you had to have a picture like this i mean it's it's a dynamic picture having the tie fighter and, and the falcon in the same uh, image, especially on this with the, the Starfield background looks beautiful. Yeah, so good. And then Power Droid, his card back is so clean. That and the Power Droid are, you know, in my top five. This Power Droid, this is a General Mills Star Wars um, Empire Strikes Back 45 back Power Droid. So is is the General Mills, is that uh, a German card? I believe it is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. It it actually says it in the uh in the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I've never owned one. Um I I have no very little if uh anything other than their country of origin. Um Do you know anyone that collects General Mills? I know there's not you know a ton out there. Uh, I don't. Focus, you I'm know not, of anyone that has? I I don't. I'm not really familiar with uh with with the line or with the uh, with any collectors that that focus primarily on that but I'm, I'm sure there are collectors out there so yeah 
if you collect German card backs, uh, this looks like a pretty beautiful one. It, it's a it's a power droid. Uh, the bubble is larger than your typical bubble uh, for the for the Kenner version, and this is graded in eighty five. Um, it's a pretty pretty impressive uh, piece, especially for how big the bubble is and how heavy the the uh, actual figure is too. Yeah, him like and like Dinger, you see a lot of curled cards and crushed bubbles. Not to worry about the weapon falling, but um, uh, definitely a hard hard figure to find in eighty five condition. Mm, yeah, as even on on the Kenner card backs too. Um, in the middle of the page here, we have uh, another uh, big ticket item. Uh, this one is the. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett, uh, and it, it comes from Popey, P-O-P-Y. Um, and uh, so these figures were bagged and then were were sealed in boxes. Um, and so this one is the way it's displayed for, for the Popey figure. Uh, it has it looks like it comes with two booklets, a box and then the bagged figure. And they're all displayed inside the same ca- case, the same acrylic case. And it's graded an 80. Um, the estimate on this one is five to $10,000. So are you familiar with Popey pieces, Matt? I've never collected them. I know of them. I know enough to know that it is pronounced Popey. Um, I know they didn't make every character, uh, what from Japan? Is that where they're from? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I know I have not followed values at all. I, I have no idea if this is going to go high, low. Uh, it's cool. I like the way it displays. Uh, it's a really cool item. Yeah, I don't know much either. Um, the The image on the box is beautiful. Um, so it has a picture of Darth Vader surrounded by two stormtroopers. Uh, underneath them uh, is Boba Fett on the right and C-3PO on the left. And then where Darth Vader's body is is uh, an orange framed box. And inside of that box is a picture of the figure that's inside of the box. Um, and so in this case, it is a Boba Fett. Not knowing too much about these, I would still say that this is probably going to go for a nice price because it is a rarer Boba Fett piece. Yeah, it's just like Fett tax overdrive here. I think it's mm. just, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, Rare enough where it's going to get, you know, a couple people going after it for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece on the page is uh, number 2289, and it is from the, the Star Wars diecast series. Um, it's the diecast X-Wing fighter. Uh, this is an Empire Strikes Back one, um, and it has a quality control sign-off card. Um, this is interesting. So the front of it is is a Star Wars logo and then on the back it has the empire strikes back logo as well too Mm. um yeah so it's noted here in the um in the catalog itself where it says it's a rare hybrid card um and then you know having the quality control uh tag on the front it does cover up about a third of the the card back but um you know finding those especially for vintage pieces uh it's pretty rare so it's, it's nice really nice piece very cool more diecasts here on the next page. Another, ooh, another boxed Falcon. That's nice. Well, that's kind of a surprise. I really didn't expect to see a second one. Uh, this is the Empire Strikes Back Millennium Falcon. And um, 
and it has it's noted for having the Star Wars photo. I believe there was uh, an Empire Strikes Back one that had the Bespin photo that came out later. Yeah, that one's the harder to find of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's still, you know, really tough to find in, in 75 condition. Again, here we get the Children's Palace or Child World price sticker on it. So uh, it'd be really cool if we found out the history of this uh, these pieces. If they were, in fact, the original owner, they'd be, I think, material to the to the auction and might actually fetch a premium. You know, some people like the history of things just being handled from, you know, one person. You got the... I mean, I'm not comparing it to the Edgar Church collection, but you know these pedigree collections, like that, mean that means something where they came from in the in the comic collecting hobby. Uh, it would be I've seen a couple of toy collections kind of with created like a pedigree, but you don't see them a lot. And it seems like to me this is a good uh, instance where if it was from the original owner, it should be called out here. Yes, and then. There are within the Hicks catalog and within this this Star Wars section as well too. There are a few pieces that we've seen so far um, where at the end of the the listing uh, they do say that they're from the collection of a specific collector, right? And there are a few of those. Um, but all of these that we've seen so far with the yellow sticker or ones you know within a similar um, uh, card back grouping uh they don't they don't have any mention of of coming from a specific collection yeah okay well are uh, you are you going to go for the turret probot set graded at a 70 now that's another one like the the vader tie fighter it's just really hard to find in nice shape for whatever reason i had this piece this is one of the first pieces i got as a kid i've never had a sealed one uh, just because I've never found one that's been in really good condition. Um, but eventually I'd like to get one. I think it displays really well. Had it as a kid. It's uh, It comes with the you know the probe droid there. Always been kind of fond of that figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish one would show up in really nice shape. Now, if you found one that was graded, say, at like an, an 80 or an 85, so the, mm-hmm. the one that we're looking at now is a 70 plus, and it does have some wear to the, the sides, um, but if you found one that was graded at, say, an 80 or an 85, and it had yellow tape, because a lot of times the tape does yellow, mm-hmm. is that a deal breaker for you? You know, do you do you need it to have clear tape on the sides, or does it not matter? Yeah, I I would prefer without. I would hold out for one without. I I bought. I, was, I held out for the longest time on the Star Wars Dewback, the original release, because oftentimes you'll find them with the the yellowed tape, and it. To me, it's like having an 85Y mock. Right. And, yeah, you sure. know, it's just not something that I would prefer to have. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of that spills over into the into the box. I, you know, I don't want anything with the yellow, anything. Okay. okay. Makes sense. Uh, most of them will yellow eventually, but sure. <laughs> as long as you can hold out, I think it's great. Um, okay. Then going to page 314. Uh, this looks to be a very interesting page. Okay, here we go. We got uh, non-production color first shot Leia Bausch. That's really cool. For all the reasons we mentioned earlier with the Luke, you know, uh, for whatever reason, you know, a fair number of the Leia Bausches have turned up over the years. Uh, not all of them are kind of this non-production color, um, but that's again kind of one character who. We've talked about it with the Sears Cantina 
first shots and 45 backs. And uh, for whatever reason, this lay is in kind of that grouping where the, the first shots have shown up with a little bit more frequency. Now, the head is painted, um, but the arms and, and torso and helmet are unpainted. Yeah, it's a cool looking piece. It really is. Uh, is that something that you might target? No, as far as pre-production stuff, I, I focus on the first film. Okay. Yeah. So I'd probably stay away from this one. I have to say, I almost forgot here. So at the top of the page, we have two boxed items. Uh, we have the Imperial Attack Base uh, from 1980, graded as, as 75 plus, And then the 1982 Kenner Star Wars Micro Collection Bespin World, uh, which was... Uh, a set of of the three uh, pieces from the Bespin playset that would all come that would connect together, and they're all in one box, and that's graded at a seventy five. That's the end of the Empire Strikes Back collection for the mm-hmm. Hakes auction. And now with the uh, with the Leia Bausch first shot that you mentioned, uh, we are now getting into the Return of the Jedi collection. I give uh, Stephen Ward, a good friend of mine, he collects. Return of the Jedi almost exclusively, and I always get the crap. I always, I always call it uh, Jedi garbage just to rile them up. Mm. Um, so we reach the Jedi garbage section here. Mm-hmm. I'm a Jedi kid, and I have to tell you, Luke Jedi is my favorite character. Um, I I love the Empire stuff. I love the Star Wars stuff, uh, but I, Return of the Jedi was really my era. So um, I have a special fondness for these for some of these pieces. So I like Jedi garbage as well. Oh, I like it too. I just like giving word <laughs> a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah, but here we get here we get into Revenge of the Jedi. Um, we've got the uh, the infamous what forty eight C Revenge of the Jedi proofs, and you know here spilling into the next page, we've got a couple more. So it looks like we've got a total of what's that five eight proofs. So Six I think the these are the these are forty forty eight A's for Return 48, of the Revenge, A's? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, okay. uh, because they have the nine num offer. No, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's weird. I wonder why they chose forty forty eight A. I don't know. It seemed like it would be the latest one, but oh well, whatever. So if uh, if you were going to pick up one of these three, right? It's Stormtrooper, Tuscan Raider, two one B for these proof cards. Which one would you go for? I would go for. Ooh, man, that's a good question. I probably, if I'm stack ranking them or power ranking them, I'd power rank Tuscan Raider number three for sure. And then it would just be between Stormtrooper and Two One B. I, I got the nostalgia factors high for Two One B, like we talked about, mm-hmm. and. Just that image of the stormtrooper is really cool. Um, I'd probably go the stormtrooper. Just defer to kind of that first twelve. I rank them the same way. The stormtrooper is my absolute number one. I love that image. Two one B, I think, is a great and underrated figure. Um, the colors on the card back have always been a little strange. You know that 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 Kelly green mixed with the the reds and oranges, um, but somehow it works. And then. Uh, the Tuscan Raider sits at number three. Yeah, good ranking. 
Okay, through page 315, oh, we so have... These are Return of the Jedi proofs, mm-hmm. not Revenge. So these are a little bit harder to find. And uh, I see one down here that really catches my eye. Bottom right. We've oh, my gosh. Skiff Guard proof, not the weak way. It's uh, the, the Skiff Guard was his name on this proof here. So it is uh, it is a weak way uh, card back and it says Return of the Jedi. But instead of where the pill is, where the name is, uh, instead of it saying weak way, it says Skiff Guard. And this one comes from the esteemed collection of one Gustavo Lopez. That'd be a pretty cool piece to have something that Gus owned. Like Gus. So the Return of the Jedi card backs, as you said, the proof cards, they're tougher to find than the Revenge. The Revenge, am I correct that the Revenge are the easiest proof cards to obtain out of the entire Star Wars line? Yes, by a pretty large margin. Okay. And so I know that uh, collectors do tend to really snatch up these Return of the Jedi ones when they do pop up because very few actually do uh, come to market. So to see, you know, one page full of, we have Nine Numb, Lobot, Ugnaught, Walrusman, and then, as you said, the Skiff Guard. Yeah, back to Return of the Jedi Proofs, I think there's two versions too, right? There's ones that say return on both the front and back, and then there's ones where it has return on the front but still says revenge on the back. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, so um, I wonder, does it mention if these are have the re- return or revenge on the bag? It doesn't say. Um, it just says that, you know, these are 65 A-backs for the Return of the Jedi proof cards. And um, they're all, you know, pretty nice grades. The lowest grade is the 9-num, which is an 80. Then you have the Lobot and the Walrusman at... And, and the skiff guard at 85s, and then the Ugnaught is a 90. I do give you props for saying Walrusman, like it's his last name. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I was going to go with Walrus Man, but I, I thought Walrusman sounded funnier. Steve um, Walrusman. Okay, now, now we're talking. We are on page 316. Um Earlier today, I was I was trying to imagine what would be in in this catalog because again we haven't neither of us have looked at it and um, if I had to pick a piece that I was hoping would be here, uh, it would be this next one uh, which is in the top left corner. It is number twenty three oh eight and it is the Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight sixty five back A. So it's the debut card and it says that on the on the listing uh, and it's graded at an at an eighty. Uh, the nice thing about this one though is it's the blue saber Luke. Mm, so cool. Um, should we just explain the blue saber to folks? Sure, please do. Yes, originally Luke's saber was going to be blue, and they changed it to green at the last minute because it wasn't showing up on the where the sky is the backdrop on Tatooine. Uh, his During saber the wasn't barge showing fight. up. Yeah, so it looks like he was just swinging his saber unwielded. So. Um, it was a last second change, and then I guess they were far enough down the production line on on the first wave of Return of the Jedi figures that they, you know, just had already made a number of, of the blue sabers and you know they they caught it. So you only see them turn up on sixty five back A's and they're you know not too many of them out there. 
No, and I um I had a sixty five A and I I actually sold it um because I it was uh <laughs> it was it was it was not up to my standard um and and I I really do regret it um because it's it they they've been incredibly hard to find so. Uh, I do wish this was an 85. However, the figure's graded at a 90, which I like. It's unpunched, no price stickers. Uh, am I going to take a stab at this one? Probably. Nice. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. All right, I'll lay off. <laughs> hey, go for it. It's, uh, you know, if, if you like it, go for it. No. Um, no, I, like you, sold mine and regret having done so. 65 B's I've always found are much easier to find. I think I have like two of them. Um, but, but as far as the 65 a, they're just really tough. Um, going across the page. Now we have a 65 a C3PO with removable limbs and it is a clear bubble, which, you know, again, uh, if you followed the previous Hakes auction, uh, the one, some of the bigger sellers were these clear bubble, Return of the Jedi figures because it's just as you go along uh, through the line and get closer toward that 1983 to 1985 range, uh, it's just harder and harder to find these clear bubble ones. So this one's graded at an 80. We have a 65B Lando Skiff Guard, which is graded at an 85 with a clear bubble. And then one that I think we definitely have to talk about. Um, this is one I actually might take a stab at too. This is a 65B Tuscan Raider with the the hollow cheeks variant uh very hard to find this one's graded in 85 yeah very cool i don't get into all the gradient or the uh, variant stuff so um as far as the variants go this is one of the ones that's you know kind of easier to find and um i think more people probably know about this one than most just because it's such a different look to it but you know his his i don't know front cheek bolts or whatever those are called are uh, circular like they've got a they've got a uh i guess a hollow center um so it's a looks like a little bitty target and then the the regular ones that that are found in all the other releases i guess has a solid cheek bolt or whatever they're called yeah it's almost a rounded uh cheek whereas these are just they're, they're cylindrical inside um the very slowly, the Hollow Cheeks Tuscan Raider, uh, in, in addition to rising in price, it's also becoming one of those iconic loose pieces that um, people put up there with something like a vinyl cape Jawa, blue snaggletooth, a red bar R5, where you know it's just it's one of those variants that um, that collectors are actively seeking and they're willing to pay up for a really nice quality one. So. Uh, to find one carded is is pretty tough, so it's a it's a nice piece. Yeah, for sure. I hope you win it. Thank you. I hope I do too, and I hope I don't pay a lot for it. How's that? <laughs> um, yes, and remember too, uh, for anyone bidding on this stuff too, there is a buyer's premium. I believe it is an eighteen percent buyer's premium. So take that into consideration when you're uh, when you're bidding on stuff. Yeah, when um, you're bidding on your Black Bestman Security Guard forty seven yellow. With the yellow bubble, yes. Or that beautiful 41A Lobot. It's a nice one. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I like both. I think they're great. Um, a piece that I've been looking for for a long time that I don't have, um, and I've, I've been actively you know, hunting one, but not wanting to pay the, the 
ridiculous astronomical prices of where uh, there's it's a Return of the Jedi 77 back a Luke Skywalker, but it is on the alternate card back. So instead of the you know the the twin sons one that we've seen throughout um, Star Wars and Empire, um, we're now looking at this one, which is known as the Gunner photo. It's Luke Skywalker in the uh, in the Gunner cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it's just it's such a beautiful card back. I wish they actually used it sooner and on on more Luke carded figures. But um, this one is graded an eighty five, and it is straight eighty fives. Uh, it's punched. I'll I'll deal with that. But um, it's gorgeous, and the estimate on it is two thousand to five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a big fan of those alternate photos. I think that tells me that Kenner knew that kids were collecting these kind of like baseball cards. And so they threw something a little bit different to encourage a second sale of Luke original. I'm not going to call him farm boy. <laughs> I appreciate that. We need another name for the original Luke and maybe that's it. Just original Luke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This, uh, we, we need to start a, a campaign of down with farm boy. <laughs> All right, and on page three seventeen, um, we have so we earlier uh, in in our chat uh, in the previous episode we talked about I believe it was a twenty one A R five D four with the right rectangle filled, um, which we normally you know, collectors will call it a, a red bar R five, and this is a Return of the Jedi seventy seven back A with the right rectangle filled, graded at an eighty. Um, you know, again, finding one loose is difficult enough. Finding a carded example is, is pretty tough. Um, do you know offhand, are the Return of the Jedi uh, Red Bar R5s, are they more common than the the Star Wars versions? Anecdotally, I've seen more of the Return than anywhere else. Um, I've I seen have it, too. You know, two or three of the um, Empire and maybe a few more of the, the original, but... Um, yeah, for for whatever reason, I've seen more of the uh, return. Didn't one show up on like a foreign card? I don't know. I, we'd have to ask our friend Brian Angel. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you know he'd be speaking. He'd be really high on this piece. I think he would he would be uh, a player on this guy. I think he's trying to to get um, an R five Ross Bar Red Bar variant on as many card backs as he can. And I don't know if he has this one or not. Okay, we'll have to check with him. But this is, you know, he has two to choose from uh, in this catalog alone up to this point. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, and... Fed on the uh, heavily airbrushed alternate back. Yeah, so they airbrushed his legs, correct? Yeah, I mean, it kind of looks like they airbrushed him on, like, sideways. Like like they're perpendicular with the rest of his body. Like his torso is just sitting on top of these legs 90 degrees off. And he's firing his guns in the direction that his legs are going. Somebody actually mentioned that on one of the chats, I think, earlier this year. And it was the first time I had ever realized that they were airbrushed on. Um, what, what is that? The, who's that? The, that the painter Escher? Where everything's like going to <laughs> the wrong way, but it all makes sense. Yes, yeah. And somehow, the, uh, somehow, this yeah. makes enough sense for us to, uh, you know, to believe it to be real for years and decades. So, I uh, what, I'm sorry. 
No, that's okay. What what makes this piece so special? Because this one's graded at an, at a seventy. It's a seventy seven back A, but there's something very special about this. Well, it's got that alternate back, and um, you know they're really hard to find in good shape. They're really hard to find without a yellow bubble. Um, I've seen them out there, um, but I, I just think that card back is too cool. It's a, a big draw for it. It is an alternate card back, but there's something else that makes it much more expensive and much more value, uh, much more expensive and much more desirable. It is the light blue painted head variant. So there were a number of them that came. I don't know if any came on the 79 backs, but uh, they came on the 77 backs. And for some reason, the helmet was was painted uh, and was painted a, a lighter blue. Um, and so very recently, especially, they, um, they've increased in, in value and in popularity but people are now seeking them out on, on uh, card backs and are willing to pay quite a hefty sum. Um, so, yeah, yeah I have a feeling this is... You guys and your variants. I can't, I can't keep up with you guys. Well, so the estimate for this, though, is just you know for a carded version graded at 70 right now by Hakes is $5,000 to $10,000. Yeah. I'll take the under. Oh wait, may I don't know. It got that light blue variant. Oh, you guys are crazy. It'll probably skyrocket because there'd be like three of you out there trying to one up each other. Well, so I I've never, you know, I'm not really uh, I don't know if I should even say this cuz I'll be murdered, but I'm not really uh I appreciate Boba Fett. I'm not a Boba Fett collector. Um so right. and I I I like my variants. Um I love the uh, Yeah, of course, of course. Uh but I have to say, this is. I've had people contact me recently asking if I've seen carded versions of this, um, and and you know, willing to pay a, a, a nice sum. So this one is is only you know gaining in popularity. Uh, you know, I think it's it's surpassed the uh, uh, the the red bar R fives, uh, and you know, it's just it's it's a really popular piece. There are very few of them out there. I would actually put it maybe closer to the the droids fet uh you know the card of droids fet which is um is a, another hard piece to get mm. yeah very cool okay all right what we got here more these look like they're clear huh well so there we go palatoys are these uh i wonder if there's anything fishy with these so we have the palatoy ones i don't think so i think I don't think any of these are Toy Tony ones. Um, however, before we get to those, there's a Return of the Jedi um, Han Hoth. And it's Han, I'm sorry, it's a Return of the Jedi Han trench coat. Uh, it's a 79 back A and it's graded at an 85. Uh, the subgrades are an 80, 85, 85. Um, but what's really nice about this is it's uh, it's a clear bubble one. And uh, they're very hard to find. This is the plain lapel variant. Uh, some of them come where they have the camouflage on the lapel, and then some don't. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one is actually rarer or more desirable. Um, but just the fact that this is a—it looks like a clear bubble. It looks like it might have a little yellowing at the top. But uh, just you know, again, a hard hard one to find in a clear bubble, uh, really desirable. So. Yeah, very cool. Any anytime you see Return of the Jedi with a clear bubble, it's uh it's like a unicorn. Mm. Now, do you do any Palatoy 
Uh, do you have, do you collect any Palatoy figures? I don't. Um, I'll, I'll probably get a, a Ben Kenobi eventually, and that's probably where I'll draw the line. Okay. I was fortunate to pick up one of the ones that are on the next page, page three eighteen, uh, and I picked it up a while ago. It was uh, it's so this is the Palatoy. Uh, Tri-Logo 70 back D Luke in Stormtrooper disguise. Uh, I was fortunate to pick mine up for just under $200. And I thought uh, I thought I had gotten it for a good price. Uh, these have, have considerably increased in value. Um, the cardbacks are really cool. And, and they're, they're the Tri-Logos because they have the logo, the Return of the Jedi logo, in, uh, in three different languages. Uh, you know, coming almost down, looking like a, a staircase uh, from the top right down to the bottom uh, left of the card, right above the bubble. So, do you see anything here that catches your attention? Uh, I mean, there's the the yak face. I guess that's that's probably the big hitter here on this page. Um, we got a uh, actually we got a carded letty. Wow, that's cool. That's the big one. Twenty three, twenty eight. What do we got here? The estimate on that is two thousand to five thousand. Mm-hmm. Well, that's got a lot going for it. That letty carded stuff is really cool. Clear bubble with the letties, and that card art is just, you know, that's top ten right there. And Good it is really piece. difficult to find a a, a letty uh, sealed as well too. So this one's graded at an eighty, and. Uh, it is not resealed, as far as we can tell. Yeah, I think you're right. You you picked the the piece of the uh, of the page so far. Yeah, that's pretty cool to see. Uh, what we got here. Oh, next page. This is great. So we we've the pieces that we've been looking at so far have been carded, you know, multiple carded and loose examples, and they've been you know multiple pieces on one page. This is the first time in a while that we've seen one item on one page. Uh, and usually that, you know, before even looking at it, that kind of tells you that it's, uh, it's, uh, what Hakes views as, as a pretty important piece. So do you want to tell us a little bit about this? Yeah. So, uh, Darth Vader collect, uh, carrying case, this one's, it says return of the Jedi, but they came out during empire. So, um, I don't know. That's interesting. But anyway, this one was shot in a dull gold plastic. Uh, the, you know, obviously an iconic piece with the sand sweet book. This was on, this was like the cover shot. And um, so it's just really kind of elevated this to a, to a really high profile piece. This one, you know, you, I've seen them in a number of different colors, but this one to me is the coolest just because I think it's the closest to the cover of the sand sweet book. So uh, that's a book that I know that myself, a lot of collectors out there that have been in the hobby for a while really kind of treat as the, I guess, the Bible of the, of the hobby just because it was really the first one of its kind. Absolutely. Um, so I, I I think this one has a lot going for it. I think it's going to get a lot of interest. If you were to guess at, at what this would go for, um, so the estimate right now is – Ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. What do you think it'll wind up at? Um, you know, I think it's going to end up really close to um, what that non-production color limbed removable limbs three PO went for in the last auction. So, you know, twenty five thousand dollars, something like that, twenty six thousand, somewhere in there. Sure. 
Okay. Yeah, I I, um, I know that um, I, I think the regular gold ones have been selling maybe in the five to ten thousand dollar range. Does that sound right? Yeah, and I think they've probably been coming up a little bit. Just the ones that I've heard of selling kind of behind the scenes. Um, I don't know. This is just a really cool, iconic piece. I think um, just one of the ones that I would consider going after. I think very, very cool. Okay, yeah, I can see why too. I mean, you're right, and and I would. I don't think I would have. Um, put this together but you're absolutely right like the color of this 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 dull is it a dull gold is that how they yeah, yeah so it's a dull, dull gold plastic um it you're right it's the closest thing that that we have to that iconic cover of of steve sansweet's book from 1992 yeah mm. cool very piece. nice piece well if you go for it i hope you win it because that's uh it's definitely to me it's one of the highlight pieces of uh of the catalog so far yeah, the uh, I, I I know the guy that uh, designed this piece, and he you know if we ever get around to doing volume two of the book, he is uh, going to be featured in it because uh, he was very he was a kind of very short amount of time, but uh, while he was there, this was one of the pieces that he uh, was responsible for. Very nice. Oh. I just imagine the uh, the tool that it took to to make this piece it's just this was patterned right uh yeah i think it looks like it probably would have been usually they pattern kind of the mechanical stuff Mm -hmm. the bigger the bigger things um so yeah i haven't seen of uh heard of that having turned up that'd that'd be a cool prototype to see okay patterning would be to design something out of wood um so we had that with a lot of i think the vehicles um, you know, like the, the, the Jawa sand crawler and, and items like that. And, and even some of the figures supposedly, I think R2 was patterned. Is that correct? Yeah. Patterns. It doesn't necessarily mean wood. Um, you can make a pattern out of you know, a lot of materials. Uh, I would imagine they probably would have used wood because that's what they used at Kenner primarily back then. Um, you know, usually they would have made that stuff on site uh, so I, I, I'm not sure who the person was responsible for making that pattern, but, uh, man, I, I, I wish it would turn up at least a photo of it, but yeah. that's a, a gorgeous piece of art. Has to be absolutely impressive. Oh, wow. Okay. Next page. Ooh, that's page cool. 320. Man, oh, okay. man. Proto molded job of the hut conceptual design. Wow. Let's see what. Let's read more about this one here. Yeah. So this is a 1983 Kenner Star Wars proto molded creature, Jabba the Hutt conceptual design. So it's the it's the Jabba the Hutt figure that we grew up with, but it's the conceptual version. Um, is that a? Uh, I mean, shouldn't that say roto molded creature, not proto molded? It's a two-piece rotomold. So, can you describe what proto uh, what rotomolding is? So, ro- rotomolding is short for rotational molding, and so you uh, make a hollow. It's it's basically like a um, kind of a reverse of a traditional sculpt. It's it's hollowed. You pour the material into it, and then basically, you know, spin it around real fast like a uh, 
centrifuge and then you know material sticks to the edges and it, it dries and you you take it out and then you've got your your piece um you know a lot of uh you know old school gi joe heads you know the real squeezy ones that's the rubber an heads, example, yeah that's an example of like a, a roto molded piece mm-hmm and I think something like uh, the six million dollar man figures, right? The the larger doll figures. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty um, sure they have those heads. I, yeah. You're right, though. That's a good catch. In the listing, uh, it says the job of the hut roto molded creature conceptual design, and then on the AFA graded label, uh, it says proto molded creature. So I I think they I think they meant to say roto molded. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Um, yeah. And so this one, it, it, it's listed as a conceptual design, but there is a difference between this one and the one that, that wound up, uh, in stores and, and, um, you know, on shelves, uh, the detail is certainly not here for this one. Yeah. This is an interesting piece. It really is. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, what's that range on this one? I wonder. So the range on it is $5,000 to $10,000. Yeah, that seems about right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Java collectors out there and Return of the Jedi collectors where I can see this piece you know, garnering some interest for sure. And the way that it's displayed in the acrylic, uh, on the left side you have uh, the, the head and torso as one piece, and then you have the lower part of the, the body uh, into the tail right next to it. Um, so it, it looks really nice displays well. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't remember if I've ever seen a piece like this before. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool to see it in this auction. Underneath it on, and this is still page 320. You have a sealed, uh, return of the Jedi job of the hut play set. Uh, to me, it's one of my favorite packaging designs ever. And, uh, and one of my favorite, it, it's probably my favorite play set ever. Uh, in the line and, and just one of my favorite Star Wars toys ever. And then next to it is a a box flat uh, of the Rancor monster. So, uh, Matt, can yeah. you give us a little idea of what a box flat is for collectors? Yeah, essentially it's the the box version of a card back proof. Um, you know, a, an unused card back. Um, that's, that's what this is. They do, they'd send these over for you know, sign off and make sure that uh, everything looked good before they went into the final production. Um, so this one, you know, never been opened, never been put together. Uh, 85 conditions. So it looks like it was kept in really good shape over the years. And that's uh, another iconic image, uh, you know, on a, on a, on a return of the Jedi packaging too. I just, I love that Rancor monster. Uh, yeah. And I tell you what, the 85 condition, um, you know, th- for whatever reason, you know, Rancors and Jabba's, they're, they're hard to find in decent shape. Um, just, you know, I, I would really like to get a Jabba the Hut in at least, you know, 80 or 85 uh, one of these days. And they just, you know, so rarely pop up. I and mean, when they do, they sell really quickly because they're just that hard to find. I love it. All right, next page we got a, uh, oh, this is a nice... Return of the Jedi Ewok Village, graded at 80, still sealed. 
that's another hard piece to find, you know, because when you have these bigger boxed items, um, the tape that they put around it, uh, you know, in addition to the, the items being, you know, bigger and bulkier, um, a lot of times they do dry out and, and they, they do come apart, even if you have a really nice one. So to find one that's still sealed, graded at an 80, absolutely. Yeah, it's nice. Then next to it, they have the Ewok Combat Glider, which is a little easier to find and is graded in 85. And then that ends our Return of the Jedi section. So we are now getting into the final uh, segment of the uh, the original uh, carded figures and, and the original action figures from the, the original trilogy. Um, and I'll tell you, Matt, these are, these are special. Um, we've had a few of these have popped up in um in hakes auctions i think for the past maybe two years um but still anytime one pops up it's incredible we're looking at some u-graded carded figures yeah very very uh uncommon to find anything u-graded still carded or boxed so very uh infrequent opportunity to pick one of these up you know and you got you got uh main character there in luke with the battle poncho. Right. So the reason why these were given a U grade is they were essentially a sealed case was sent to AFA to be graded. And then AFA opens the case. And because these figures have never made it out to the public or store shelves, they're listed as uncirculated, which is the U designation. Uh, so we have a Luke and battle poncho graded at a U 75 plus, and then a Ramba at a U 80, uh, a Warrock at a U 75 plus, and so those are the three, at least for right now on, on this page, that are given that U designation. Uh, they do command a premium. We've seen some. I, I believe there was a Luke and Battle Poncho, Matt, uh, in the le- in previous auction, and I think it sold for something like thirty-four hundred dollars. Wait, what? Thirty-four hundred dollars? <laughs> yes. For a Luke Poncho. So, wait, uh, sorry, a, a U eighty. Um, Stormtrooper disguise sold for twenty three sixty. Uh, the battle poncho it was graded U eighty five and it sold for three thousand dollars. Oh my god! Okay, wow. Very curious to see what this one does here. I don't know. As an aside, I, I get you got a Warrock down here. I, he's got the greatest pose of any of the <laughs> of any of the characters. The you the figure or the like, image. The uh, the card back image. He's like got his head all cockily tilted to the side. Like, come at me, bro. I <laughs> uh, see. I thought it was a sweeter thing. Like he's kind of you know he has his head cocked to the side, almost like a puppy. No, so. I, I mean the first three letters of his name are war. Like that guy's <laughs> ready to go. War, war. Okay. I mean, like let's go. Let's go. I'll never look at that figure the same way again. Yeah, absolutely. War. Okay. Uh, next to War OK, we have um, we have some regular graded figures, so uh, ones that don't have the, the U designation, they're not uncirculated. We have a Ramba at an 85, a Warrock at an 80, and a Luke Stormtrooper at a 75, all with yellow bubbles. Uh, Matt, have you been following the Luke Stormtrooper market at all? I have because I, I, I want to get a carded one. Um, I've, you know had several over the years, but I sold my whole power of the force run to fund something else. And oh, okay. uh, this, 
kind of slowly getting it back. And this is the one I really want here. The Luke um, Stormtrooper? Yeah. One of the, another one of those characters produced uh anachronistically with the release of the film it was in. So uh you know, Imperial Gunner, which I haven't seen one of those yet, but Luke Stormtrooper. Um you know, I'm real fond of the first movie, it's my favorite. Um so I, I I'm uh, I'm glad they finally got to, got around to releasing those characters. It's a shame they never released the Han because uh, that would have been a great pairing. But this oh, Luke, yeah. the Luke is gorgeous. Uh, so it is uh, it, it's an overall 75. Um, the card is a 75. The bubble is a 75 and the figure is an 80. But it really I mean, from from our view, it displays as like an 85. It's unpunched, no price stickers. Uh, it's next to impossible to find. Uh, any of these with a clear bubble for the most part. Um, and the market has been absolutely insane for Luke Stormtroopers. Over the over the pandemic, I would say this is probably one of the hottest figures. Um, yeah. So would this be one that you would go for? No, I'm holding out for an 85 or maybe a 90 on the, on the Luke Stormtrooper. Um, I've Ooh, seen a couple nice. of them out there and... Um, they do exist. If it's got a, yeah, if it's got a clearish bubble, um, I'd pull the trigger on one. Yeah, so page 322, this one has some really great pieces. Uh, we have a Luke Battle Poncho graded at an 85. Uh, we have a Luke Jedi Knight on the Power of the Force card with the coin graded at an 80 plus. Um, an R2-D2 with a pop-up saber graded at an 85 plus. All these are unpunched, no price stickers. C-3PO with removable limbs, 85 plus. And finally, a Han Solo and Carbonite, an 85. Uh, as someone who has a, or is looking to build up uh, Power of the Force run, do any of these interest you? Uh, I usually don't buy the, um, I like to get the characters on their debut cards. And so, you know, I wouldn't, probably ever will go after a removable MC3PO on Power of the Force. But Luke Jedi is one that I would make an exception for. Um, you know, obviously that figure's experienced a lot of resurgence in popularity with the Mandalorian spoiler season finale, season two. <laughs> um, but I, I just love that card back. The fact that, uh, you know, poor Ishi Tib disappears into nothingness in the background. It's just a pair of legs standing there. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Uh, Luke just looks, you know, straight up PO'd. Um, and they, so they know. actually, when you say about Ishi Tib, they actually airbrushed the top half of this alien creature out of the image for these vintage card backs. Yeah. I, it's, it's crazy. Just, I, I didn't notice it until about, I don't know, 10 years ago and just was taking a closer look at it and said, oh, well, yep, that, there's legs, but no body. <laughs> Uh, and this one, so it has a yellow bubble, but I'll tell you, it, it, to me, it's one of the clearer yellow bubbles that I've seen in a while, especially for this this figure. Yeah, for sure. You can see a little tinge of yellow there, but definitely not nearly as bad as the R2 down there below it. No. Um, although, my gosh. So if if the Luke Stormtrooper uh, skyrocketed in value over the, the course of the pandemic, um, the R2-D2 was either right alongside of it or not too far behind it because mm. that has become one of the most desirable pieces in, in the entire Star Wars line as well. Yeah, that little uh, 
loose saber, I mean, you'd know. You did a whole podcast on it. That little loose weapon it's got is it's crazy expensive. And there's, I remember a time, you know, a couple of years ago when the loose R2 pop-up was as much or maybe even more than the mocks were going for, which was, you know, something that I have very rarely seen in the past. So, the uh, you know, definitely an in-demand figure, loose or graded or, uh, or carded. And for a while, I would say up until about maybe 2013 or 14, they you could get a carded uh, R2-D2 with a pop-up saber or a loose one for under $200. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Nowadays, uh, what, I mean, what, what's a complete loose one going for? Four, four figures? <laughs> um, I, so I saw one uh, at the toy department. Uh, which is Chris Neal's shop in Cincinnati when I was when we were up in Cincinnati, and uh, he had it for five fifty, and it was snatched up pretty quickly uh, because a lot of people considered that to be a steal for a nice one, a loose one. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, carded, I, I have seen them push, you know, four and eighty five. I've seen them push that sort of two thousand, maybe eighteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollar range. Man, so the estimate on this one is. Uh, this is one thousand to two thousand dollars. I think that's that's fair. Um, with the eighty-five plus, it might might actually go a little higher. Yeah, that's a nice one. Mm. These power of the forest are are popular, and they'll people will be after this R two here because it's in such good shape. Yeah, and the Han Carbonite. So this is the last one on the page. Um, it's unpunched. It's graded in eighty-five, uh, which for some reason has been hard to find for this particular figure. Um, I think because it is a, a bigger you know, it's the figure with the the, the carbonite block and you know, just a larger bubble, and and the card always seems to have some damage to it, not so much the bubble. But um, this is another figure that during the quarantine, I, for so many years, I, I think it's been undervalued, um, and then you know, it just it it skyrocketed as well. You know, and and now they're pushing. I think I sold one. I think I saw one sell recently for fifteen hundred dollars, graded at eighty five. That might have been last year. I can't remember, but. Um, yeah, so they're they're up there too. Wow, no, yeah, such a cool figure. Okay, so what do you see on page three twenty three? Now there's my guy, Imperial Gunner. That's a nice one. Yeah, I was mentioning that character and Luke Stormtrooper or two that I have a fondness for because they're in the first film. But um, yeah, I need to make a run at, at this figure on card at some point. Yeah, it's a really nice one. And a lot of times, you know, you do see card issues. Uh, you can see issues with the bubble. Um, for some reason, a lot of these will have cracking in the bubble. And uh, if you're somebody who cares about, you know, the the weapon being, you know, taped to the bubble, uh, this weapon is so small that a lot of times it does, it seems to come loose more than the A-Wing pilot. And that might have to do with the, the construction of the bubble. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Oh, let's see what we got here. EV-99, that's a cool figure. So this EV-99 is really special, and I would say that this would probably be one of those um, that when we look back on the auction in in you know the grouping of carded figures, this one will likely sell, um, I'm guessing, I'm looking for where it is on the 2357. Um, so it's listed at $1,000 to $2,000. I think it's actually going to hopefully far surpass that. Um, because it's graded in 85, but more importantly, this one has a crystal clear bubble. And if you compare it to the 
the one that's graded at a 60 next to it with a yellow bubble, you can really see the difference. Uh, this mm-hmm. is unpunched. Um, the figure is graded a 90. Um, you really, you just, when it comes to Power of the Force figures, especially because this figure has a tray behind it, and the tray is usually the first thing to yellow. If this, if the tray and bubble are still clear, I mean, this is a true rarity. No stickers, to unpunched, 85, figures of 90. Um, I, I think this is going to go closer toward maybe 2,500, maybe 3,000. And that might be high, but... Yeah, if, if, to me, I would rather have a clear bubble than a U-graded. Um, so if a U-graded Luke 75 went for north, you know, 3,000, ah, dude, I could see this one going for, you know, in that same ballpark. I think so. All right, next page we got a, ooh, this is nice. You got an, uh, an 85 skiff still sealed in the box. It's got the little, you know, the cartoon looking box art there. One of the few vehicles released during the Power of the Force era. Um, this was always one of my favorites. I never had one as a kid because I just never saw one in the stores. But my buddy had one and I remember seeing it for the first time at his house and just losing my mind like because I, I had never seen it. Um, and it, when these do turn up, they, they tend to be in nicer shape. Um, but this 85, man, this just looks like it's flawless. It is hard, though, to find a box where it would it would earn a, an 85 grade. You know, we tend to see them usually ranging in the in the 70 to 80 range. Uh, so this is just, yeah. Um, the estimate on this one is $2,000 to $5,000. If you were going to take a guess, where would you be? Yeah, eighty-five. I think you got to be, you know, probably four or five thousand somewhere in there. Yeah, I think so. I could, I could easily see it going for four to five. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, this is interesting. We get into the droid stuff now. Droids and uh, I don't have any Ewok stuff, but here's the unreleased second series. Bondo. Now this one's proto molded, hmm. and well, he's got the weapons there. Looks complete. Well, this is nice. I know that there's uh, some hardcore folks out there for that. You know the UDE stuff. UDE stands for Unproduced Droids and Ewoks. Uh, so this was, um, as it says here in the listing, uh, it's the action figure of the character Bondo for the proposed series two, which was not produced. Um, and uh, so, Matt, you're familiar with the the term. Uh, this is this is always kind of a tough term as far as the definition. But can you explain what a proto molded piece would be? Yeah, so it's just a, a piece that is created in a non. Uh, they were mainly aluminum molds that they would make on site there, kind of around in, in Cincinnati, um, so they could create um, basically. Um, you hear the term internal first shot went around for a while, but um, they could basically create these on site to use for marketing or, you know, a lot of the, the, um, anytime you see the figures in marketing, it's usually like proto molds from this era. So in the early eighties, Kenner got into a lot of the kind of computer aided design and, 
and uh, proto-molding became much easier to do as a result. Um, and they could create more detailed molds uh, out of aluminum here on, on campus and you know around Cincinnati. And uh, the, this was a kind of a result of the times here was more kind of proto-molds and that Return of the Jedi UDE line. Yeah, and it's it's a really nice piece. You can actually see like it it doesn't it it lacks the detail that um you know a, a standard figure or a hard copy would would have. Um, but it's just really great. and it it's nice to see. I'm guessing these are proto molded uh, accessories that come with it as well too, which is a, a what looks like a billy club and a, a horn. Yeah, Bondo looks like quite a character. Now, interesting. I don't know if this has anything to do with how they chose the name, but. Kenner on site, you know, the, there's a sculpting compound out there called Bondo. And, um, you know, some of the earliest Star Wars prototypes they came out with, they just took the Fisher Price adventure people and used Bondo and created kind of, you know, the, the very first pitch pieces that they used that took out to California to show Lucas. Um, so I don't know if that's, that's, has any association with the name for Bondo and that's how they got it. I know that a lot of um, toys were named for people that worked at Kenner, like Miles Mayhem from Mask is named after Jake Miles, who was an engineer at Kenner. So um, I would be curious to know kind of where this name came from and if it did start at Kenner. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that about Miles Mayhem too. That's, that's awesome. Um, have the, have the Fisher price, Pitch figures have they ever been found? Uh, not to my knowledge, it, but it seems like someone would have kept those. So I'm hoping they turn up one of these days. Yeah, they'd be really nice to see. Yeah, I I, I can't imagine someone throwing those away, especially with what's been uncovered and and you know what people have kept uh, all these these decades later. So sure, there's always the possibility, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the guys in Oak Island keep going, like we've, we've got to keep going trying to find this stuff. <laughs> All right. Now, if we turn the page, uh, we get to another single image on, on a full page image of a, of a piece that I have to be honest, I, I may have actually held at some point. Um, oh, wow. I was at a toy show talking to a, a, a friend of mine and um, he always brings some great stuff and uh, it's usually you know, in a box under a table. And I, I asked him if he had anything special and it's probably about 2018 or so. And, um, he reached under the box and he, and he handed, uh, a first shot gaff to me. And <laughs> wow. it was the first time I think I'd ever, you know, held a, a, a first shot of a, a vintage figure like this. And I just, you know, I, just, I love it. I love the colors. Uh, so gaff is another one of the, uh, series two figures that was unproduced. Uh, it's from the droids line. Um, the estimate on this one, Matt, is ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars. What do you think? I know very little about this line. Um, I I know all the characters' names. That's about it. I don't follow the values very much, but just kind of not paying much attention. But um, seeing stuff pop up in my feed on in online and in eBay, and just talking to collectors, Gaff seems to be the character that sh that I've heard about the least. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen too many first shots pop up from that line, uh, in these auctions. So 
you know, I could definitely see this one really shooting up there. Mm. The the problem that we've always had with uh, droids and Ewok stuff is that they because they're not part of the original trilogy, they tend they tend not to be in that same category a lot of times when it comes to value. The, the hard copies are often, uh, you know, are off, they're up, they're up there in price. But um, I think of everything that we've seen so far, this is one of those pieces where I'm most curious to see where it winds up. Um, it, you know, it, it could go for $5,000. It could go for $25,000. So. Yeah. We know how uh, into it. These UDE guys are, they really, they need a piece. They're not afraid to spend the money to get it. That's true. Uh, usually they tend to focus more on the hard copies, I believe, but you never know. Yeah. I, I just see so few of these pop up and it's, you know, non-production color just really pops. The droids first shots continue on the next page, uh, which is page 326. And uh, we have an unpainted Jan Tosh first shot. Graded at an 85 plus. So he has a red torso, uh, a peach colored head and limb and arms, and then his legs are brown and he comes with uh, his, his black IG-88 blaster uh, or rifle. And then next to it is a first shot Kia Mole. Uh, she looks to be painted and looks to be close to production. She has no footholds, graded at an 80 plus, and I believe uh, she has no copyright markings on the back of her leg. Very cool. And then with this vehicle, this first shot side gunner, this really cool non-production color really pops in that acrylic. I've never seen uh, anything like this. I mean, yeah. Can you give, can you give people an idea of, of the, of the colors of this thing, what it looks like? Yeah. So this example here, it looks to be a kind of a dark Brown gray, body color and then the canopy or the top is shot in yellow and then i guess the side gunner the side car is a peach color so three really different stark contrasting colors to one another um really makes the thing pop yeah it's it's absolutely gorgeous i've never seen anything like this before um it, it to me it almost reminds me more of uh like a, a super a Kenner superpowers uh looks like the dark side destroyer yeah. yes yeah um okay then we round out the page here with uh the the side gunner uh but this is the production example and it's sealed in the box graded at an 80 um and then two of the rarer and more expensive carded droids figures unpunched no price stickers um c3po graded at an 80 with yellow bubble and an A-wing pilot, also with a yellow bubble, graded at an eighty plus. Yeah, I love the way that three PO looks; just really iconic. Um, the original sculpt was used to as the, kind of the model for it, but then it was just shot in different color plastics, so not the kind of the vacuum metalized look as the original. Uh, it looks cartoony. One of the yeah, you know, that his the R two looks the same way, kind of that. Uh, true to the cartoon um i don't really collect droids very much but you know i i have owned a 3po and an r2 and i'll I'll probably wind up getting them again before too long yeah smart idea i've been looking for a droids r2 for a while and um you know they again they're just another piece that 
they, they've skyrocketed, uh, especially over the last two years or so. Uh, they've always been, you know, pretty high. Um, and, you know, finding one with a nice sticker and a nice bubble, nice card is, uh, it can be challenging. So, yeah. Okay. And then the final droids piece, um, it looks like the final piece for the droids and Ewoks line altogether. Uh, this is now page 327 and it is also, uh, one of the most popular and most desirable items right now. Uh, Matt, what are we looking at? We are looking at the droids Boba Fett on card graded 70 AFA. It's got a yellow. It's not too bad on the yellow. Um, not as bad as I've seen. Um, but again, this was just a, a figure that was just straight repack in the droids packaging. Uh, that card art is so great. Um, I'd heard, uh, Anecdotally, they might be making this figure. How he appeared in the uh, holiday special. Um, that's just a great looking, uh, great looking figure. He's just kind of modeled after his holiday special appearance. Yeah, and this one is uh, is graded overall a seventy five. Um, you know, it's it's very few of these show up. Uh, there have been people that have been hunting this uh, figure for the last few months. And we've seen the prices continue to just climb and climb. Um, a piece like this, so right now it's it's um, the estimate for it is five to ten thousand dollars. We've been seeing people in our groups offering uh, between ten and fourteen thousand dollars for ones that I think are graded in in even you know a lesser condition. Um, so you know with something like this. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, with a lot of these too, um, you find them with those KB price stickers, which have the red slash marks, and I don't know, it really detracts from the appeal of the card. And this one doesn't have any price stickers at all. So this is a very attractive piece here. I could see this one um, getting involved with a bidding war. So Matt, I'm confused now because we've we've ended the droids and Ewoks segment, and um, mm-hmm. as I was thinking back today about the uh what we saw in the, in the previous episode in our last conversation um one of the items that i i i missed seeing was um the collector's action stand um you know it, that it's another iconic early piece and i you know i just i was surprised that one of them didn't make it into this i don't know what we're looking at here uh because we have a number of star wars related um pieces that have either been added late or, you know, I, I don't know that we're, we're out of that chronological, um, ordering, but, um, but we do see one here and, and we see a few other pieces, including one that, uh, looks pretty strange, uh, a Jawa sand crawler. What do you think? Yeah, this, uh, what's this, an engineering pilot? And, uh, I guess it's got a prototype remote control. Pretty cool. Like the Jawa Sandcrawler, just in general, the values have been just shooting up. And I'm, you know, with with its appearance in the Mandalorian show, you know, playing a prominent role, uh, the the interest around this piece has just shot up steadily over the last couple of years. Hmm. And here we have a a chance to get something involved with the, you know, the pre-production process. Uh, 
you know, I could see a lot of interest around this piece too. Yeah. And so apparently you can see the difference. They, they have a, um, it looks like they have a comparison of the regular uh, remote control and then the prototype remote control as well. Um, but yeah, so it has a five to $10,000 estimate on it. Um, we've seen pieces like this where they've, they've tended to go for higher than, than an estimate like that, but yeah, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. The box engineering pilot stuff uh, has really done well recently. Um, I know a lot of stuff sells kind of behind the scenes these days, but um, you know when those change hands, it's usually for a pretty big amount. And then here we have a, a, a vehicle that's just at the at the height of its popularity. So mm. um, really cool. This is there's just you see a, a sealed eighty five version you know those are going for you know minimum fifteen thousand. wow and but and it's funny i until you said it i didn't realize that that because it 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 has what looks like a piece of white paper that says java sandcrawler i didn't realize that that's the actual box that it's just a white box where someone has written java sandcrawler on it yeah it doesn't it looks like it's just a uh you know, someone cut a piece of cardboard and wrote Jawa Sandcrawler on it, but I, I assume that's the box. I think you're right. I, I wish this piece had been graded and cased. Um, I don't think it is. But it would have been nice. Like, CAS does a really nice job of, of custom cases, and this one would have been great, especially to put... It would have been a huge case, but to be able to put the uh, the two remotes, you know, next to one another, uh, and then the box maybe over... The, the Java Sandcrawler, which is still in its original uh, insert as well, too, that, that's holding it. So. Yeah, really cool piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the next page we got, oh, this is cool. Talking about prototype action display stand that the Empire Strikes Back backdrop. They just repurposed the base and added a new sticker and uh, relay. Uh, a new backdrop and then um, kind of the same concept, but it never really, you know, too many of them got out. Um, so it's always just been kind of a, you know, mythical piece out there. And here we have the the prototype to it. 329. Well, is that a uh, Falcon revenge proof? That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's got it's, that Bespin scene we were talking about from empire. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's really cool. It's all framed up real nice too. Yeah, it's beautiful. We'll to, what's the estimate on that one? So the estimate is a thousand to two thousand dollars. Does that sound low to you? That sounds low to me, especially because it's all framed up. It looks like the the frame job is you know high three figures. You know, mid to high three figures. Mm. So and then the piece itself. You know, it's revenge. It's got that cool Bespin scene. Yeah, it's a really nice piece, and yeah. the uh, the matting on it's beautiful too. Did a great job. Yeah, it's a great item. Okay. Page three thirty. We have a, a carded Power of the Force Nikto figure. Um, it's just it's it's a very hard figure to find. Um, this one, the entire top of the bub- the bubble is completely shattered. Um, so 
uh, the, the figure can, I believe it looks like he can easily slide uh, up through the, the bubble. But, you know, again, uh, this is still going to go for a substantial amount of money because it's just so hard to find these. Yeah. And, you know, the Ada drivers down there too, kind of part of that infamous release of, um, Power of the Force figures that are just incredibly hard to find. You've got Ad Driver, Nick Diller here in this auction, and you know you got uh, Gamorrean Guards, part of that Yoda. Hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a couple other ones, but yeah, even with the top of the bubble that's just completely gone, this thing's going to go for you know high three figures, low four figures. Right. Yeah, I think you're you're right on. Um, Matt, are you a poster guy at all? No, I haven't really got into the posters. I, I, I do want to get one from each movie just for the, you know, my rec room and, um, but not, not really big into posters too much, but this image here is, it's the Chaken image. Right. And why um, was the Chaken image so special? Do you know? What that, wasn't that the one that was kind of the first, image that the public saw of star Wars and then was co-opted for the Marvel number one comic book. I believe so. And I think this was, was this offered? um, Yeah. Okay. It says it here in the listing. It was offered in 1976 to be sold at San Diego comic-con and world con in the city. Um, So just, I had heard a a number and I'm not sure if this is even, you know, true um, that something like maybe 300 posters were produced. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, if I'm you were wrong. to go after a poster, this is one of the cooler ones to go after here. The listing just proved me wrong. It says it's rare with only about a thousand posters printed. Um, so, you know, when you think about how many posters, so out of that thousand, how many have actually survived and how many are in good condition, uh, this one's listed as very fine, which is still really nice and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's just an iconic image. Mm-hmm. Down here on 333, they've got the Jabba's sail barge, the Katana. This was, was it the first HasLab? It was, yes. Yeah. So I know these are starting to pop up on the secondary market a lot. You know, heck, even before they had shit, they started popping up. And you see a few change hands every now and then. But I'm wondering, does this, uh, it shows the, carton so i guess it's they took the sail barge out and then the cartons included with it well no so this one this one comes with uh the yak face and then and, and that's uh 20 that's number 2413 in the auction and then 2414 is just the separate uh yak face figure uh that's been graded in 80 but um the sail barge it looks like the sail barge does come it says included with the vehicle is job of the hut and yak face um it, so I believe the sail barge is about four feet long. Um, and I think someone had, had it cased and graded and it, it came out to be something like five feet. Um, but, uh, I have to tell you, this is actually for me, this is one of the most exciting pieces in the auction. Um, the, the sail barge is, is a more common piece and it's a newer piece. What it, what it says to me though, is that, um, Hakes is, very slowly starting to notice that there is value uh, and that there is a demand and an audience um, for modern Star Wars items. Um, well, they should put a they should put one one of those carded Ahsokas 
from the vintage collection. <laughs> they in they, in this auction, they you know they'll see how high modern is getting. Well, and and even beyond the Ahsoka too. I mean, the vintage collection alone now the prices. You know, it seems like most of the figures um, from that initial 2010 to 2012 wave are you know up over a hundred dollars uh, graded. A lot of times, you know, they can go kind of even in like the three to four hundred five hundred dollar range. Some of them like the Ahsoka. Um, we've seen them kind of center around that eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollar range, depending on grade. Um, when I did the Hakes two thirty two episode, uh, I, I had predicted that you know within the next five years or so, I think that we were going to start to see more and more modern stuff come into play. Um, after seeing this, I think this really opens a door for modern. Um, I don't think we're going to see very much. Uh, we'll probably see some some modern prototypes enter the market uh, or enter the the catalog, and you know, items bigger bigger ticketed items start to trickle into the catalog. But I, I think now within that kind of three to five year territory, we're really going to see uh, more and more modern come into into play with a pop culture catalog like like Hakes. Yeah, all, all it's going to take is someone putting in you know, five or 10 high profile pieces and, you know, it's a whole new market for them. So they, they should definitely be open to it. Someone just needs to like, maybe get, get those pieces submitted. Mm, maybe that's yeah. just all it's all, all that's needed. There's so much new content being generated with Disney plus and they're getting into the series and, you know, that whole universe is being expanded. Um, I, I'm just excited to see Kind of what this what the future holds. I, I've loved every bit of the Mandalorian season two. Every single episode was on point. There wasn't any filler. Um, you know, it's creating characters that really resonate with folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm already nostalgic about the first episode because I remember what <laughs> I did that day, and I went down and got a new TV, you know, and uh, took it home, and you know, just that was the day that Disney Plus launched, and um, you know, I, I spent you know, a couple hours to rewatching that first episode, you know, several times because it, it was so good. So, um, love where that series is headed. Love to see what this Boba Fett thing's all about hearing a lot of promising things about it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm an Obi-Wan guy. So we got the Kenobi series coming out next year. They've, I think they've done filming it at this point. Yes. So, you know, it's a character that, you know, spans the generations, you know, from back in our time to, you know, prequel time to Clone Wars time. Um, and now to kind of the current series, that's a character that's been around since the beginning. Um, you know, there's hints that, you know, that Luke might make appearances in the background and, you know, he's looking after Luke and I don't know, it's just close to the original trilogy. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm just so excited for it. Well, my friend, we have reached the end of the Star Wars section for the Hakes auction. We did it. We went through all of, I think it was almost 50 pages worth of material um, from this this grouping, from essentially Empire all the way up to the Jabba's Sail Barge uh, from the Vintage Collection. Um, were there any takeaways for you, anything that you uh, that you felt after, after going through these pages? There's a lot of really quality production items, and then there's just a few, you know, really good uh, pre-production items that, uh, you know, enough to keep interest throughout the auction. Um, 
you know, sprinkled throughout here are just those key hero pieces you like to see as kind of the anchors for for the Star Wars portion. Um, I can see myself, you know, going after a number of these items, both, you know, pre-production and, and production. Um, you know, we've got displays, we've got die cast, you got, you know, carded, you got some loose, you got sealed box, prototype, first shots, saw proto mold. Um, you know, and it's really cool to see all these Boba Fett items. Again, we talked about it throughout the, uh, the two sessions with the, the movie coming out. I think just the, the Fett characters poised for just another big breakout and it's just going to only increase that Fett tax. <laughs> I think you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and for good reason too. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think Hakes did a great job of covering, you know, really almost every single uh, area of, of action figure collecting for the entire Star Wars line. And, um, you know, again, it's nice to see that they're also getting into modern uh, for people who collect things like the, you know, the movie posters and stuff, too. And the international figures, uh, they have, you know, a, a nice offering of that as well. So, yeah, we're looking at some great pieces. Yeah, curious to see how it all plays out. What are the the dates of the auction again? So the auction uh, ends the so the auction's in two parts. The first part of the auction ends Tuesday, November second, and then the second part of the auction ends Wednesday, November third. All right, so we should know here pretty quick. Today's what October 29th? We should know pretty quick how these items do. Absolutely. And, uh, and also Matt, I, I've mentioned before, but if, um, so you co-wrote the book engineering and empire, uh, with Stephen Ward and Gary Borbage. Um, if someone was looking to pick up that book, uh, where could they get it? They can get it on the website for the book. It's engineering and empire com, And then, um, you can reach us on Facebook. We're just facebook.com slash engineering and empire book. Shoot us a private message. Uh, we can get you hooked up. And how, how, if you were talking to someone who wasn't familiar with the book, how would you explain it to them? Well, it's structured kind of like a, a scrapbook. We, we've kind of dubbed it the scrapbook of the times at Kenner uh, during that time period. And it's just a compendium of biographies of the folks that worked on the Star Wars toy line, both from kind of the conceptual part all the way up through the end of the line. And, you know, several different areas of the company are, are addressed and, and, and accounted for. We've got everyone from, uh, you know, got, got a guy that managed the, the operations out in the, at Oakley where they made some of the products that managed some of the assembly lines, all the way down to, you know, Jim Swearingen and Craig Stokely, who I credit as being kind of the two guys most responsible for getting the toys made. Um, and then all the areas of the organization in between. Um, so it's a it's a firsthand account of what it was like to be there at the time, and uh, just kind of a thank you to those folks for for what they did to create the line back in the day. And you've also filled it uh, with a chock full of of in- incredible photos. Um, of, of prototypes and pieces that uh, people normally would not see as well too. And um, you know for a lot for collectors, a lot of us are very visual. So having having that and also having it as, as a resource of, of these you know pieces that existed and, and led to um, the creation of, of the toys that we know and love, 
uh, makes this thing just an absolute resource, uh, an, an asset for any collector, especially if you love uh, the, the output that was done, you know, in the 70s and 80s by Kenner, uh, especially for Star Wars. So, uh, again, if you want to get the book, it's engineeringanempirebook.com. And, um, yeah, and, and Matt will hand deliver it to you, right? He'll, he'll drive it to your house. Uh, if you live in the DFW area, <laughs> I will do that. Okay, sure. well, I tried. I tried. Um, Matt, my friend. But, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. Had a blast. We can do it again when, uh, at the drop of the next auction, which is what usually in spring. Yes. They do a March auction. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I, this was this was great. It was fun to you know explore the the book and, and we really we truly did not look at the um, the catalog before we we went into this. Uh, and it's just you know it makes me it, it makes me feel like a, a kid again. You know, going through like either seeing like a, a movie for the first time with a friend or you know going into like a, a toy shop or a comic book shop and seeing you know the first release of something and, and experiencing that together. So. This was a lot of fun. I thank you so much for taking the time to to do this and and for sharing uh, your passion and your insights as well, too. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Well, fantastic. All right. Well, whatever you decide to bid on, uh, I hope you win it, and I I hope you win it for a a price that makes you and your wallet very happy. Likewise. Looking forward to getting that Bestman Security Guard on card with Yellow (laughs) Bubble. All right, my friend. Fingers crossed. Good luck. Best of luck to you. Have a wonderful one. Thanks, you too.